I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is a chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Paulie Sebelia. I'm Stephen Fonte as we welcome you into a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We've got three guests lined up for you. We've got Tim Leonard coming up at 12.15 to talk some SU women's basketball. The voice of the Virginia Cavaliers, John Freeman, at 12.30. And then our good friend John Ryan will give us his best bets heading into the weekend coming up at uh, 1.30. And, and potentially a uh, a special deal for our listeners uh, that John Ryan is uh, is going to be offering up. Uh, you won't want to miss that. He's coming up at 1.30. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls throughout at 315-437-7644. How are you today, Paul? I am great. And before we get going, let's give our uh, little guy, our producer, Jordan, a big happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jordan. You and I are shockingly wearing the exact same shirts again today. I don't know how that happens all the time, but it's really a weird uh, dichotomy we got. But, uh, it is. It ha- is. Happy uh, birthday to our, our our little guy, Jordan, our our son. You remember the TV show My Two Dads? Yeah, sure, of course. That's that's you and I with Jordan. Two and a half men. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday, Jordan. And you know, we we joke sometimes about how you know chat's got us down or we're you know we're in a bad mood or i'm in a great mood today are you i really am it's friday good for you it's jordan's birthday and and just most importantly like this news regarding damar hamlin i don't know him i i feel invested and i think everybody feels invested in this story and the news and the updates that that continue to come out about him are they're remarkable I mean, it is truly remarkable what we've seen, the progress he's made over the course of the last, really just, really two days. I mean, it happened Monday night, but the, the news that we got yesterday that he was awake, he was responding to commands, he was neuro, neurologically intact and and sharp and, you know, writing out a pad, did we win the game? Like, all of that stuff was, was remarkable. And then today you hear that he had his breathing tube removed. Uh, he addressed the team apparently on FaceTime. Told them that he loves, you know, loves all his uh, his teammates. It's just, it's an uplifting story. And I'll be honest with you, Paulie, watching that Monday night, I did not think this was going to be the ending that that we were going to see. And and it's not the end. I know there's a long way to go, and he's he's still in you know critical condition. And I, I get all that. He's still in intensive care, but he is moving in the right direction. His dad uh, told a couple of the players yesterday, "My son's going to survive." Like. It, um, it it's remarkable, and it, it's uh, I don't know I'm I'm in a good mood about it. Well, maybe you can do me a favor, Steve, because there's a lot of confusion surrounding this. Can you break down? Maybe you're a Bills fan. Can you maybe break down what the scenario is now for the Bills? Like, can you? They they have completely canceled the Bengals game. They right? have. Yep. Yep. They've uh, they're going to call it a no contest. So it is going to be a situation where they played less games than everybody else. Bills and Bengals will have played one last game. So my understanding is that if the Bills and Chiefs both have the same result this weekend, so if they both win or they both tie, then 
the AFC title game will the NFL is saying that they will most likely make it a neutral site. I don't know. It, have they have they officially announced? Like, is it a done deal that it's going to be a neutral site? No, that's the way they were leaning. Is it is it a done deal? I don't know. That's why I was okay. asking you. My understanding is that's what that's their plan. I think it has to go through an approval process before it's firmly in place. But if they if the Bills and Chiefs both win, then should they meet in the AFC title game, it would be a neutral site game. Should they tie, same thing happens. If one wins and one loses, wait, go ahead, Paul. The AFC championship game will be played at a neutral site if the participating teams played an unequal number of games and right. both could have right. been the number so one if, seed. So if like the Bills So if Chiefs. like the Chiefs and Ravens met or whatever, you know, and I'm just throwing out a, a, a generic matchup, then that would the, you know, Chiefs would have home field advantage. But if it's but if the Bills or the Bengals are involved, then they would go to a, a neutral site uh, situation. If the Ravens, beat, this is insane. If the Ravens beat the Bengals on Week 18 and the teams face each other in the wild card round, a coin toss will determine the right. game's location. Right. And the other thing we should mention is that if the Bills lose and the Chiefs win this weekend, and they were to meet in the AFC title game, the Chiefs would have home field advantage. Right. So it's even though they would have the unequal amount of games that they've played, the Chiefs would have legitimately won the number one seed. So they would have home field advantage. So it's only if the Bills and Chiefs have the same result this weekend um, is how that would go into play. Uh, Chiefs have uh, the Raiders, Bills have the Patriots, and uh, and all games are on at this point. And um, they have so many different scenarios that they have to run through this. It's insane, right? Like the, the the NFL has to be going crazy. I I think they're I think they're going about it the right way. Um, you know, I, I it's a tough spot. Obviously, I don't think they should play the game, and they're not going to. And so, I think that was the right decision. And you can't presume anything, um, right? So they they have to go by winning percentage. I I think they're going about it the right way, and I think that's I think that's fair. That we don't know who would have won the the one seed between the Bills, Chiefs, maybe even the Bengals. Throw throw them into the mix, and so if they were to meet in the AFC title game, have it be in a neutral site. I do wonder uh, what the what the neutral site will be, and, and what will go into that. Um, it, you know, because you want to make it so fans from both teams can go, but you don't want to give one team an edge over the other team. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind if it was indoors. You know, people talked about Detroit. I mean, that would be that would be great, but that would be skewed towards the Bills. So I don't I don't know as if the league would do that. No, because they also have played there. No, I know. Or, That's yeah, what so, I'm saying. Yeah. So it would be that would be they played there twice. So that would be a, you know advantage Buffalo certainly in terms of proximity to Buffalo and the fact that it was was indoors. Um, they they got a lot to figure out, but you know what? It's it's almost and I know that it does matter. But but this week I almost feel like it doesn't matter. And yes, I am a Bills fan. And you know we were talking off cam or off camera, off air, off camera about the fact that you know the Bills aren't going to have home field advantage now for the AFC Championship game. It'll probably be a neutral site game, and and they control their own destiny, right? If they beat the Bengals and Patriots, they would head the number one seed. And and like as a Bills fan, like I don't even care. Like I I mean I I want them to go to the Super Bowl, obviously, but I I don't care that you know if the, if that's what comes of this and the young man survives, like. That's really the the story this week, obviously, and I know you th- you feel the same way. It's just it, it's such a I don't know an uplifting thing. The way that the you know 
the Bills community and the Bengals community rallied together and all this, you know, all these funds that have been raised in DeMar Hamlin's charity and just the it, it just it restores like your faith in humanity to some degree about how everybody's just kind of rallied yeah, around. You him. wish it didn't take something know, like this to happen. I know, I know. But, I know. You know, Do you, you know what I'm saying, yes. though? Like, it's just um, it's it's just a feel-good story, the fact that he's, it, it really sounds like he's going to be okay, and it, it's truly remarkable. I need your Bills to win this weekend, by the way. I need the Bills to win and the Jets to lose. For your Steelers to For the to get Steelers in. to make the playoffs. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll try to do our part. Need your help. That would be one of the biggest miracles in the history of sport. If this, the, the, I said this to you the other day. The Steelers are trash in the fact that they're like even have a chance to make the playoffs. Says a lot about let's, Mike Tomlin. Let's doesn't go it? Bills. I have to think you. They're gonna. I have they're to. Gonna, th- yeah, yeah, they're gonna. It's. Win. It's. I saw somebody put this. You're. You're a fan of the Rocky movies, right? Yeah, when when uh, Adrian's in the hospital and you know and and she's like in a coma and then she wakes up and you know I want you to do one thing for me I, w- I want you to win somebody posted that on uh, on Twitter regarding this whole situation I thought it was a very a very good analogy um, you get the you get the sense the Bills are going to go out and yeah. crush the Patriots on on Sunday um, you know given this but I you know hearing Sean McDermott talk yesterday and Josh Allen and and the way that. They're a day behind in practice, though, right? No, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, but just hearing them talk and, you know, they the emotion, it's, it's, it's just, I can't even imagine what what they have all gone through. The family's gone through. The players and coaches have gone through. What T. Higgins has gone through. I, I, I can't even imagine. Um, but it's it, it does seem like it's, it's going to have a, a happy conclusion. Red Rob in our chat uh, – Mentioning the fact that I hope they celebrate the first aid response. Yeah, yeah. They, Josh Allen actually said, you know, those uh, people don't realize that we practice every week, but they they do the same thing. They're ready. They go out and they well, practice they, that scenario, even they though are. even though they never, rarely have to use it. They go out and practice and are ready at the at the and, drop of a hat. And the man that uh, that is being credited with saving his life on the field and performing CPR, uh, Denny. Um, Kellington and and you know he was the the former head trainer for SU football for for many years, uh, 2005 to 2017, and and just his whole his whole team. I mean, he wasn't the only one. He was he was one of one of many, many who helped save his life. And I, I saw this uh, idea floated out on social media. I think it's a good one. You know how they introduce they'll they'll pick a unit to introduce uh, at Bills games. It'll either be you know the offense, defense, special teams. Uh, somebody suggested they they introduce the the training staff. Uh, and and the first responders and I, I think that that would be a great idea. I don't know if they're going to do that on Sunday or not. Or have uh, but them go I think, out for the coin toss. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that would be a really nice touch. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I mean, um, again, it's just uh, it's been an emotional week. I, I told you when I saw the whole thing happening, I was I was having a hard time describing the situation to my son, and it just and even like reporting on it at Channel Nine and like yesterday we dipped into the press conference live, and I was on the air, and we're you know dipping in and. You know, Sean McDermott's talking about the the fund and all the money they've raised, and like I'm getting choked up, like on the air, waiting it for for it to come back to me. It's uh, it's been some week. Um, I'm just I'm just glad he's going to be okay. Yeah, uh, well put, Steve. You you've you done good. I'm glad. I'm actually I'm not good with stuff like that, so I'm glad I missed. It. Like I did not see it happen live. I heard it on the radio. And uh, yeah, and you know, Josh Allen said yesterday, um, 
you know, they, they practiced and he said he, he thought it was good for everybody to put the helmets and pads on again and kind of get back to normal. Um, but he said, you know, I'd, I'd be lying with you if I, if I said that we wouldn't be affected by this for the rest of our lives. And I, I don't think there's any way that uh, I'm sure everybody involved in that game will be different now right. moving forward. Um, and, and whatever that means, you know, maybe you appreciate, you know, life a little bit more or, um, you know, maybe they'll have a little more fun playing football. Maybe it puts it in perspective for fans, you know, as, as as was brought up after the game that we get on somebody on our fantasy team or, oh, this guy's awful or, you know, may, maybe maybe as fans we change a little bit because of it. Hopefully. Hopefully a lot of people change for the better uh, coming out of this. Um, so I, I tell you what, let's, uh, let's get one quick phone call in before we get to our first guest. We've got uh, Jeff in Bolinsville kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Steve. Uh, I don't know if anybody's mentioned it, but do you remember an incident in the Dome? It was a lot like the Hamlin yeah. incident, but not a player. You're talking it was about the a referee? Ref? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was at that game, and he, he collapsed right in front of me. You know, and the, and the EMTs ran out there, and he, and he was dead on the field. And then they did play the game after that, and it was weird. It was, it was really weird in the dome. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if, if if anyone had mentioned that, but yeah, no, that's that's a great call, Jeff. And, and Paulie actually yeah. brought that up earlier in the week. We were talking about that, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a that's a good analogy. It's something we can certainly relate to because it, it happened here in Syracuse. And you're right; they they did go on to play the game after that. And Paulie, you were there. I mean, yeah, you, it was you can speak it, to that it, as well. it was it was definitely a, a weird situation and. They luckily had a great outcome in that one too, because of you know yeah. just proximity of help and a hospital. <laughs> yeah, I, I brought up the the Melvin Beard situation, uh, CBA football player from from well, I don't know four or five years ago who collapsed on the field, and uh, and they said you know they saved his life, and they said afterwards if this had happened anywhere else, uh, he wouldn't have made it. You know if he was at home and that happened, it, it's just you've got the. The right medical equipment, the people who know what they're doing, and um, and and there was a positive outcome in in that situation as well. Let's get one more phone call in. We've got Dave in Syracuse up next. Hey, Dave. Hey guys, I'll be real quick. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm glad that like all our prayers are being answered here. There isn't probably one person that watched that game that wasn't praying for this for Allen for this poor kid, and uh, it is a it's a great thing to hear how far he's come. But as long as we're talking about the football side of things. Um, the, th- the main thing about this is not where they might play the game when these guys play to me, but the fact that there's a buy involved here, and Buffalo had control of that buy, and now they no longer have control of it. Kansas City has it. To me, that's the biggest factor is the, the team that ends up on the short end of this has to play an extra game to get there, and Buffalo had control, and now through no fault of their own, they don't have control of that, but I, I do, um, you know, I respect for the league. I mean, I don't know what they do. I guess they're just going to c- try to come up with the best scenario. And uh, last, last comment, quick, guys, um, on the game tomorrow, just to get it in, I don't have a prediction for the game, but I have a gut feeling that Justin Taylor is going to be a big factor. Oh, leave it yeah. there. Yeah, uh, yeah, going going home for that. Uh, and, and in regards to the whole uh, top seed and bye versus home field, I know one of the – scenarios they were considering was to, to to let the two teams pick. You could pick one or the other. You can either pick the bye week or you could pick home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They've settled on, again, it's not definite, um, but it sounds like they've settled on this situation where if they meet in the AFC title game, it'll be a neutral site. But I know that one of the scenarios early on was you could pick either the bye or home field advantage. Um, like, I'm just curious why they couldn't just take the week 
Is the week off between the final playoff game and the Super Bowl a thing still? Yeah. Why don't they just get rid of that? I don't know. And then they just move everything. Logistically, I mean, and then everybody else is. So you would say have everybody else sit around for a week, like give everybody a built in bye, then have them play one game. Yeah, and then get rid of the week between the Super Bowl. I don't know. I, I. Personally, think that they're, they're doing this the right way, and just it's it's like a COVID thing, right? Where they oh they couldn't play the game, and you're, we're just gonna have to live with the fact that, that teams didn't play the same amount of games. I, I just think I think moving the playoffs back, it just it creates a logistical issue, and I think you compound things. Like it it what happened happened. I think they're making the right decision, um, and it's it's unprecedented. But I think they're doing the best with with. Uh, with what they can, you know, given the fact that there's there's time constraints here. So, and again, being a Bills fan, like I, yes, it would have been nice to have home field advantage, but you know what? Um, play at a neutral site. I mean, that seems fair to me. And we don't know how it would have shaken out. The Bengals are really good. Chiefs are really good. Bills are really good. Who knows? Play at a neutral site. May the best team win and, and move on to the Super Bowl. And, and with that, we've got to move on to the rest of the show. We can certainly circle back to this. We've got Tim Leonard though set to join us next on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Did I already play this one? I don't care. I am what I am. The village people. Are you a macho man? Yes, and I'm in the Navy, Steve. We'll learn all about that in the second hour. Jordan's Hi, here. Jordan, how are you feeling about the village people being the artist of the day on your everybody happy birthday to our guy Jordan and Jordan, you share a birthday with the invention of the YMCA dance. Well, at least the uh the public introduction of it. How do you feel about that? Oh. It's the best kind of Jordan when his mic's not on. Um, I didn't know that. I'll put it this way, uh that's a much more glorious event than the one everybody else talks about that I share a birthday <laughs> with. So I'm more than happy to be doing the YMCA tonight. Yeah, maybe we'll make you do it for your birthday. Well, what was your favorite? What's your greatest birthday moment, Jordan? You ever have like a good party as a kid? I had one. I had a party at a Padres game. I was a San Diego junior Padre, so I got to have a party in uh, the in the bullpen prior to a that's Padres really Reds cool. game. Got free hot dogs. That sounds like a great birthday. It was awesome. The chicken was there. Me and my buddies were hanging. So one out. of one I'm of trying to yeah, remember. I, I don't. I you know. What? I knew this was going to be you, depressing. Well, you know what was an electric birthday. This is going to be a stupid reference. I had one at a Burger me. King once too. Do you remember? I think it was called My Gym. And they had like it was like a big essentially building that was a jungle gym for kids it and still had like exists. the zip line. Okay, I haven't been there in a million years. That was a sweet birthday. Um, I'm a big ice cream cake guy. Anytime I get an ice cream cake on my birthday is a good one, but I don't know, man. I've never been a big like party, whatever. I'm a big like just have three or four people over because then well, I don't I'm, have I'm to I'm talking about as a kid, man. I'm talking yeah. about like see the, the my gym one was good. I had one at a Burger King, that was dope. Can what? we get a uh, can we get a, a everybody had an crowns. ice cream cake delivered by the end of the show? Yeah, it's your job, my job. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite birthday, Steve? So the two that come to mind, one of them actually has to do with San Diego. Um, my third birthday, which I don't remember, but I've seen pictures. 
I learned how to chew gum in the airport because we flew to San Diego. We flew to California and we went to Disneyland. And you had to uh, learn to not have your ears pop. Right, because I, I had uh, I, I had ear issues on planes. Why did you learn to chew gum before you learned how to eat a pork chop? <laughs> Good question. That wasn't a joke. Like one, I had, one of those I had things to, seems far I had more to important. Chew gum while I was on the plane, so my ears didn't pop. Okay, what was your and then, well? The other one wasn't when I was a kid, but. The other one that comes to mind was uh, my wife threw me a surprise birthday party when I turned 40, and I'm not that hard that's, to surprise, and I was I was shocked. That's too old to be. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying that the, uh, that, that just happened kind of sort of recently, and that was a very memorable birthday. I got to see the college friends I hadn't seen in a long time, and she did a great job with it, so. We used to have a showbiz pizza out in California, which was kind of like Chuck E. Cheese. I had one there also. I used to love Chuck E. Cheese. Man, it was great. They Chuck E. Cheese had like the life. This that was is like, another electric birthday spot. <laughs> but I was gross. And don't knock it till you try it. Uh, nobody sat next to me because I may or may not have dipped the pizza in the soda. What? You get the salty, you get the sweet. Like, come on now. I said don't knock it till you try no, it. No, but I'm, I'm not. Chuck E. Cheese pizza is not good. No. Uh, That's but, why you got to tip it in soda it, to watch it It's down. also changed a lot. <laughs> like when I was younger, it was all video games, but they had that life-size, not life-size because that would be giant, but they would be huge <laughs> hippos. But they had like, they had hungry, hungry hippos that was big, like great, like big size, fun size, hungry, hungry hippos. Big uh, flaw with Chuck E. Cheese that mascot is in no way inviting or cute. He's like super creepy. Yeah, it's frightening. Yeah. I, also, I also learned a lesson back in my uh, rock radio days when I was a DJ. I wanted to have a Chuck E. Cheese Olympics. And so I came up with this great idea that we would go to Chuck E. Cheese and play all the games and win. And uh, the manager happened to be listening and called me and goes, you can't come unless you got kids. <laughs> so it completely negated the ability of and us to do that. And that's why I'm here. So you can't go to Chuck E. Cheese without a child. You can't just go. Like if I wanted to go play Hungry Hungry Hippos right now, I couldn't go because <laughs> I don't have a kid with Wait, me. Wait, what do they do? Kick you out? Yeah, you can't be. Dude, you can't be an adult in that place without a kid. But it's not like the kid's the one spending the money. You're going to kick the people out who actually have the, the I, money? I, I, you're a weirdo if you go to Chuck E. Cheese alone. Okay. Without a kid. Hear me out. Hear me out. If you work at ESPN Radio Syracuse in sales, this can be your gift to me. In 2023, I want Orange Nation to do a live show from the Chuck E. Cheese ball pit. Do they still have a ball pit? That those I see, here's another thing you just brought up. I watch those stupid, you know, like even I'm sure News Channel 9's guilty of it. You you hear those, they do those when it sweeps time. Yeah. And they do the the ball pit. The most disgusting place on earth. What what is your child playing in? And you're like, you're like, oh no, yeah, I won't go in the ball pit because of because of that. those stupid yeah. stories about like playlands and ball pits are disgusting cesspools of germs. Yeah, we can say that. And then we brought a black light to the ball pit. You don't want to see what we found. I gave up on keeping track Steven of germs Funky. when I found out that your phone screen is much dirtier than like a toilet. Your phone screen has more germs than like a toilet bowl. If your phone screen has the most germs out of anything, why are we even keeping track? I'm just saying. I don't know that that's true. Uh, it, it's science. What is popping out of your mouth? It, what's going to the toilet are two totally different things. <laughs> All right, I'm this gonna, conversation I is, is, okay. is turned downhill. One more question before we get is back to sports. Is your so, phone 
more dirty than a toilet? Is that what we're covering? More germs. More germs for the surface area. Uh, I'm 26. I like, don't think I want to know the I'm answer to that to question, Paulie. I don't, I don't want people to acknowledge my birthday. Am I too young for that? Uh, well, yes, because... You're like half the age of us, and we really don't want people to acknowledge our birthday. Yeah, you're a little bit too young. I, I said that to Paulie. I, I found out it was your birthday before the show. Kim texted me. I'm not on Facebook. She's on Facebook. She said, it's Jordan's birthday, FYI. I said, should we say something on the air? Does Jordan not want us to? And he's like, I don't know. It's his birthday. I'm sure he does. But apparently you don't. So Oh, I don't care either way. Kim's the MVP, by the way. Shout out, Kim. Informing you of my birthday. It's 10 times more dirty, but the germs are less worrisome. I don't know how I feel about that. Wait, dude, we're worried about the quantity and the quality of the yeah, germs dude, now? It, there's a huge difference oh, between dude. sticking your face on your phone or on a toilet seat. Do they have, seat? like, germ <laughs> net rankings where they get quantity yeah. and quality? Like, yeah, you, your phone is a quad three germ <laughs> carrier and a toilet seat is quad one. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Don't make phone calls from a toilet seat. That's my... Uh, Happy birthday, Jordan! It's your uh, your final thought of the day with an hour left in the show. We All didn't right. uh, we didn't get Jim Beheim to talk about this last night on the show, but uh, he did get asked the question, and I quote: "Do you think we are a tournament team?" That's something that we can hear after the break. All right, we will, that's a great tease. We will do that. We'll hear from Jim Beheim on the other side uh, from what, some of what he had to say uh, on the Jim Beheim show last night. Our number two kicks off right after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Hour number two, Orange Nation on Village People Day. Celebrating the uh, public uh, introduction of the YMCA dance on the American Bandstand. Syracuse University alum Dick Clark was hosting. What an honor for him to see that. For the first time. I wonder where that ranked in his illustrious career. This one is Go West. This is my favorite Village People song. This is your favorite? Yeah. Just because it was covered by the Pet Shop Boys. Okay, then. They do a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah and enchanting in their songs. All right. Uh, as uh, as Jordan teased at the end of the last segment, we'll uh, we'll hear from Jim Beheim here coming up in a minute. Uh, but we'll continue the SU basketball talk with uh, our good friend Scooter in Jamesville. Hey, Scooter. Hey guys, uh, first of all, Jordan, happy birthday, bud. Hopefully, plenty more. But you're right, you can't go to Chuck E. Cheese without a child. In fact, uh, my girlfriend wanted to see the Yogi Bear 3D movie, and we had to grab my uh, nephew because we know I look kind of crazy, but without, without children actually watching the movie about Yogi Bear. So you can't <laughs> go to Chuck E. Cheese without, without a child. A uh, couple minutiae on demands first, and wrapping up Christmas. Uh, sports related. Uh, you know, I mean, you guys are, uh, have you ever seen White Christmas with Bing Crosby and Danny Kay? It's a classic movie. And uh, Bing Crosby actually, uh, besides having a golf tournament, actually built Belmar, uh, kind of probably near where you are, the, the racetrack out and out and around there in San Diego. And Danny Kay was one of the original owners of the Saddle Mariners when they came into existence. So, so it's kind of a little bit of a sports-related thing right there from, from Christmas. And Oh, by the way, I went to uh, uh, Lights on the Lake, uh, Paul. I wasn't sure if you were in front of us. You, didn't, you were talking about trying to find a person just to ride through 
dancing or uh, 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 lights on the lake. Uh, wasn't sure it was you, but the person pulled over and let someone out of the car, so I thought maybe that was you or something. Yeah, it was a, get out. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. So, so that wasn't you then, huh? Okay. No, I could not find anybody to go with me. Uh, okay. Uh, tomorrow's game, uh, I think it's, to me, it's uh, Syracuse going to be able to shoot from outside. I mean, it's about as simple as that. Uh, they got some size inside, and, of course, Coach Band's not happy with the rebounding. So uh, possession's going to mean big because that's why you play Virginia. I mean, first, it's first team to 50 wins. A couple of guys. Games ago, the over-under for a Virginia game was 114 total, which is usually half of a Gonzaga or Arizona game. So it just depends. And I agree that there's a call before. I was thinking the same thing. Maybe Taylor off the bench might be key because uh, he can give us that third option as far as scoring. But uh, you know, just see what happens. Uh, it's it's a crazy – I still think six, six teams are getting in no matter what. I just think they can't take less than six, maybe seven. Look like at last year with Notre Dame. A lot of people thought Notre Dame wasn't going to get in, and they, they, get, they got in. I think it's just a simple matter. So I think we're playing for the last two slots right now. Yeah, um, and, and they're, they're, they're in the mix, and, and we appreciate you, you checking in, Scooter, as always. Um, you know, three and one in conference. They're they're in the mix. They got they got to keep winning games. Um, and as we've said, Paulie, great opportunity tomorrow to – make up for some of what happened at the beginning of the season with the losses to Brian and Colgate in particular. Uh, you win tomorrow, and and that uh, that makes up for at least one of those. And, you know, you would be 4-1 and one in conference. You'd be feeling pretty good about yourselves. Uh, yeah. But it's it's going to be a tall order. I, I think I do think the key tomorrow, you know, he mentions making shots, and, and yes, they're going to have to make shots. I think – the way Judah Mintz plays is going to go a long way toward determining the outcome of that game. I'm gonna I'm gonna be interested to see if they go a different route with ball handling. Is there you know? What do you mean there, a different route? What does that mean? Is Joe an option? Is is one of the forwards an option? Like before you you've been able to have a forward bring a ball up the court, and I don't see it with anybody on this team, but, you know, who knows? Maybe they've been working on something. Who knows? Well, you said Samir practice yesterday, so that that's a good Three sign. guard? I mean, it it would be... It, I don't know if they're necessarily playing three guards on the floor at the same time, but it, it would be nice to have Samir at your disposal in case As Judah gets a little sped up yeah. or, you know, if Joe is struggling or whatever the case may be. Although, you know, this is a game that, you know, we talk about Joe needs to be a threat, and we talked about even when he was struggling and went through that three-game losing streak, and you know he 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 was struggling. They needed him to still be a threat and do other things. They need him on the floor because right now he is really their only true three-point threat. Um, I mean, they've got a couple other guys who can hit shots, and that's where Justin Taylor comes into the mix, or Chris Bell or Benny. Like we see it every now and then, but Joe is the one guy that we know can make threes on a consistent basis. So. They need to hope that he shoots well, and they need to hope that Judah handles the ball well. And again, if Samir can can take some of the pressure off and can spell those guys um, and handle some of uh, you know what Kihei Clark's going to bring to the table, because you know we we had uh, John Freeman on earlier, he is a pest. You know he's going to hound you for for forty minutes. Keep him out of the lane, also. That's going to be a huge. Kihei Clark, yeah, that's going to be a huge thing. Keep him out of the I, middle of the lane. I really think the backcourt tomorrow is going to determine this game. It, because you're right, it's on both ends of the court. It's not just how they handle Virginia's defense. It's, you know, can they We've seen handle the kid, top of the zone? And, and can they keep him out of the middle of the lane and picking him apart? We've seen this kid destroy the zone before. Yeah. You know, they don't have quite the offensive, you know, firepower that they've had in the past. But 
We've seen. Uh, I think they're better offensively than they were last year. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, right, but they don't, not, it's not. It's not Kyle Guy, mm-hmm. Ty Jerome, and, yeah. you know, DeAndre Hunter. It's not that, but I think they're better than they were last year offensively. So it's it's an intriguing game. It is, as you like to say, it is a measuring stick game for a lot of reasons, individually and as a team. Um, I'm really interested to see what happens. Uh, let's hear from Jim Beheim. As uh, Jordan pointed out in the last segment, he was asked last night whether or not Syracuse is a tournament team. And here's his response to that. Well, yeah, I mean, I always think we're going to be right to the, the end. I mean, <laughs> I think we can get to the tournament. That's We have to think that way. Sometimes people will go later, they'll go, well, he thought there could be a tournament team and they're not, so he didn't know what he's doing. Well, no, I mean, I... Yeah, what are you going to say? Like, no. You, you <laughs> never are going to say, well, no, our team can't get to the tournament. <laughs> you always think you can get there. That's That's the way you have to think. Right. I always laugh at that question. Like I, I said that when he was asked that prior to the season. Right? What do you want him to say? If he says no, that's a way worse. You get crushed if yeah. he says no. If he says yes, he gets crushed. Right. But saying no is way worse. Yes, I would agree with that. Of course he's got to say yes. Um, I, I do think they can be. Like I, I think this can be a tournament team. They got their work cut out for them, but I, I think they can be. Um, like, Louisville is not going to be a tournament. You know what I mean? Like, there's some teams you just know are not going to make the tournament. Syracuse is not one of those teams. They're they're in the mix, and um, let's see how they handle it. He's also said that the team has shown improvement. Well, I think Judah Mintz has improved. I think he's much better in terms of what he's doing during the games. Uh, I think overall our defense has gotten better. It's, uh, you know, much better. I think it's better. I think Joe has been really good, really consistent. I think that uh, Justin Taylor is getting better coming off the bench, giving us a lift. I think that, uh, you know, Jesse has been good defensively all year and rebounding. His offense has slipped a little bit. I mean, the main issue is, you know, are the forwards going to get better? Um, Benny comes off a big second half and then has a, you know, a nothing game at Louisville. And, Chris Bell made three or four shots, but his defense wasn't good. Justin Leonard made some a couple of really good defense. We're just in the, I'm in golf here. Justin Taylor made a couple of really good defensive plays uh, in the game. So I mean, I think there's improvement with those guys, and that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good sign they, that midway through the season they they've improved. Yeah, it's just got to show in the form of wins, right? Because the losses. That they took, we like we didn't think Illinois was going to be a bad loss, and that's not looking so hot right now. St. John's is not looking so hot, so you're gonna you got some work to do. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because um, Benny Williams, I was I was just looking at it yesterday, as a matter of fact, because on the Orange Nation TV show we look back on the last week, and so I I played a soundbite on the show last night from Benny Williams after the BC game, and he said, you know, I've worked really hard. I I know that I need to show it in games and not just in practice. And he did against BC, and then he went back in the very next game and, and reverted back against Louisville to you know disappearing and and not doing much. Uh, let's get uh, let's get another phone call in. We've got Wayne in the truck up next on the show. Hey Wayne. Hey, I, I love I love Paulie's thought about a forward bringing uh, the ball up, and I think it could work in um, in spurts. But you've got Kadir Copeland, who's six six, who's been playing the small forward at times this year, and he was a point guard in high school. 
Yes, I, I didn't even cross my mind that that was a thing. But yeah, I I don't know that they're comfortable in him being in a you know it, that's a lot to ask a kid to throw him against Virginia's that defense. defense yeah. yeah, but well, no, right. he, he is an option. If it's just bringing the ball up, then that's mm-hmm. one thing. Um, I don't know outside of him from yeah. the forward spot who you got. Like you're not giving it to Bell, you're not giving it to Benny. Yeah. So Justin Taylor's not really a ball handler. I mean, I think Copeland and that's I mean, that's a good thought, Wayne, is that you know, maybe Copeland helps you in this game tomorrow. You do need guys who can handle the basketball because yeah. they're gonna put pressure on yeah. you and you gotta be able to handle it. And it, it would take a lot of not not just pressure, but wear and tear off of Judah if he could get the ball right. You know, someone else could bring it up for him. Just as, you know, a couple minutes birds here or there just to change right. it up a little bit, that might be effective. Yeah, yeah. and I do think Samir, if, if Samir is available, then, you know, maybe he can spell you a little bit. And, you know, Judah can handle a bulk of the, the duties, but if Samir can take a little pressure off, and, you know, I think Copeland's an interesting option. Um, I don't know how much we're going to see him tomorrow. I mean, yeah. it, but you, you do, that's the good thing about this year's team is you do have options. You've, you've got some depth and a lot of guys have played and they've all got different skill sets. Right. This might be a skill set game. You know, this mm-hmm. might be a game that chemistry uh, lab, bro, that plays, plays to Copeland's skill set. Um, that's a good thought, Wayne. Uh, let's get to uh, Tom in Syracuse. Tom, how are you? Good. Looking forward to the game tomorrow. And it's going to be a real tough one because we're down there. They're all tough anywhere you play for Junior. They're very good defensive output. Uh, I wonder if Junior will consider playing two and Jameer and some other guys that have shown that they can play defense, and especially in the zone. I know he likes to stick with Benny Williams and, and that, that crowd, but for now, they're not always going to be good defense. And that's what I'm wondering. Will they switch around and bring some guys in off the, off the, to the bench like uh, two and Jameer and come a chance to play some defense and getting there, get on the nerves of uh, Virginia. Yeah, and I, I think we've seen Jim Beheim this year. He's he's not shy about bringing in guys off the bench. Um, he's made it clear though that that Benny is their best forward. He's their best forward every day at practice. Uh, generally speaking, he's been their best forward in games as well, which doesn't say a lot about the rest of the guys. But you know. The, it's not just the defense, it's the rebounding, as we've heard. And so, um, yeah, I think if, if Chris Bell's not giving them what they want, if Benny's not giving them what they want, Jim Beheim has showed, especially this year, that he's not shy about going to the bench and, and seeing what John Bolajak could do or Justin Taylor could do or or Symir Torrance. I, I don't know as if they would go three guards tomorrow. Um, maybe. You know, I think you'll have to see how the how the game develops. But uh, But, yeah, I think that's the one thing about this team that, you know, if you're not getting something out of your starters, in past years we've seen you know coach will just stick with who's out there, and you know he plays five, six, seven and a half guys as he as he said on the show yesterday. He he's played eleven guys uh, this year in games, ten guys, um, you know, and in games that matter. So uh, I, he's he hasn't been shy about going to the bench when uh, when he needs to. All right, we'll take a time out here. 315-437-7644. John Ryan coming up at 1.30. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.